but yeah, I, I always like press record that I just like have general conversation beforehand because I don't like the real form. Like, oh, well, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Get the giggles out. But welcome. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I can't I can't do podcasts with people. I, know. I didn't like, even say anything. <laughs> I know, but I'm just I think I'm I'm anticipating how the conversation is going to go. Gotcha, gotcha. Especially because we're talking about like comedy and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I just feel like you're about to say some shit on this podcast is about to have me dying. <laughs> but, sure. Hey, that's this is this is why I do this because this is the intro now. Like people right. will start the podcast, they see us <laughs> laughing, they be like, "Dang, what was they talking about right before?" It's nothing. We wasn't talking about nothing before. Y'all just tuned in. Yeah, they'll never this. know. They'll never know. They have uh, no but, idea. But welcome to y'all. Welcome back to the banquet hall. We took a week off for Thanksgiving, being thankful for not being obligated to do shit. Honestly, like I just was like, I'm not, I'm not recording a podcast today. I have leftovers. Um, there's better stuff in the world. How was your Thanksgiving, right. man? It was good. It was it was pretty good. It's all my family. Um, it was nice. It's always nice seeing all my family. Um, you know, went to my grandma's. The usual stuff. The usual things. How about yours? I was just want to ask you the same thing. <laughs> it was good. Um, I went back to LA. Went to my brother's house, and it was really fun. We were eating. We was playing trivia games, and the black car revoked got pulled out. And nice, that's, nice. That's that's when the debate started. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it we was been a playing good time. Uno at my at my like holidays. And that is the worst game to play with your family. <laughs> y'all don't it's be the family worst game at the to play in a it. big setting any, anywhere. Everyone has to we all had to figure out what what are the what rules we're playing by. That's the weirdest thing about that's the only game we're like, what rules are we playing? <laughs> and and what that's exactly that's exactly what I was about to bring up. But before I ask you about the rules, I feel like I should tell people who the hell you are. Yeah. So, oh, okay, yeah, cool, <laughs> cool. I, I, I might be important. Might be important. Might be important. So, for those of y'all who haven't turned the podcast off because you're like, "What the hell are these niggas talking about?" Uh, <laughs> like to introduce y'all to a good friend of mine. We go way back, like full flats on the Cadillac, as old mm-hmm. legend says. Uh, Aaron Monte, welcome to the banquet hall. How you doing? Thank you, man. I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. How's your Thanksgiving? <laughs> I can't stand you. We we gonna we gonna uh, get into we gonna get more into who Aaron is as we get through the conversation. But I have to ask the most important question that the people want to know in Uno when you're playing Uno. What what rules are we rocking? What rules? Ah, I can't even speak English. What rules are we rocking with? Okay, now see this is this is it's important to note the number of people playing. Okay. Because if there's a lot of people playing, I would suggest playing uh stacks where you can stack numbers on. Let's say there's um, however, four people playing. Yeah, however, a lot of people don't like that rule for some reason. People want to just do the individuals. Just so they, we can argue for longer, I think, is why people want to do that. But we so I think I, I would play stacks if there's a lot of people. But if there's like four, if there's four, then you know, regular, regular style. Um where the rule can't can't put a skip on a skip. People argue about that for some reason. What you Have mean you, you can't before? put a skip on a skip? You can absolutely put a skip on a skip. Not if you're the person that got skipped. Oh, oh, wait. Okay, I'm back people on your side. People have tried to play. I've been in places where people have tried to play that you can skip the next. Like, actually, actually, I'm not skipped. This guy is skipped. No, nah, I'll be damned. <laughs> like, nah. Yo <laughs> ass got people skipped. People are skipped. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. People try nah. that one. I've never um, heard of that. So wait, wait. 
if I play a skip and then everybody else also got a skip, I could end up skipping myself on accident. Is what you telling me? I guess so. If- I guess so. If if everyone else puts a skip down in this rule, actually, okay. So so say there's like three skips in a row. That means then then then, then yeah, you're right. Then you just you go around yourself. the circle and skip yourself at some point. Damn. No, actually, we don't do that. <laughs> I that's probably the first time a lot of people will have heard of that rule. Um, what else is there? What, what's another rule? What, what what are the options again? Um, so how about when you don't have a card? Do you draw one or do you just keep drawing so you get a card? Uh, that depends on the number of people for me too. If it's a lot of people, then you just draw the one. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's enough for the cards to go around, so you don't have to keep reshuffling. Also, if for some reason Uno cards are the hardest cards. To the shuffle, hardest cards to <laughs> shuffle. You for just, no like, reason. Every, you always get one color, and you're like, "Yo, who shuffled these?" And they're like, "Dog, I shuffled for like thirty minutes." What do you want me to do? I didn't know. <laughs> you can never. I've never gotten a good hand of Uno like off the first shuffle ever. <laughs> it's like once in a blue moon you get a couple like sk- plus fours and whatnot. But yeah, you're yeah. right. It's always like seven yellow cards. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? This is ridiculous. Uh, what's another one? What's another one? Let um, me let me ask you this one. Can you okay. when you are playing stacks? Can you put a plus two on a plus four? Oh, no, you can't. You can only thank you. Okay, there's a rule where you can go up. You can go if there's a plus two, you can put a plus four on it, or okay. a plus two and a plus two, of course, and a plus four and a plus four. But that's also another rule that you know people fight over is whether or not you can go up from the plus two. Mm. Have you have you played that way? So I'm I'm much more of a traditional guy when I'm playing Uno. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> okay. I came I came to college and people I was playing Uno. I put a plus two. Like ah, I got you. Then somebody put a plus two on a plus two. And then the other person drew four. I like wait, what game is this? So no, I'm not a I'm not a stack person. But I was gonna let you cook on the stack in first. Man, honestly, it makes the game more fun if you can add a plus four to a plus two. But I can see why people would be angry at that. It, I, and I know it's not one of the, the traditional rules. I know it's, it's not. not. I know for a fact, it's not. <laughs> but, hey, you know, the game has evolved, man. You know, it's like the NBA or some shit. Like, the game has evolved over time. I wonder who came up with these these extra rules, though. I wonder who was just making – is someone cheating for sure? And then people just rocked with it. <laughs> and they probably took it other places. And it was about arguing anyway, so it don't even really matter what rules you play by. You're going to end up arguing at the end of the day. So it is a, it is about arguing. I feel like the first person had to be like some dude like playing with his girl, started losing. And it's like, nah, like you could put a plus two on this. And yeah. then you really got a plus four. Actually, yeah, actually, uh, I put a skip on that skip. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> actually, you're uh, skipped if I put this skip down. <laughs> uh I, I love this podcast episode already i swear somebody's <laughs> listening to this like are they just about to talk about uno the entire time <laughs> oh my god i love it i love it too man hey so back to the reason we are here today uh yeah. aaron and i we went to middle school together we went to high school together uh we got a lot of shared experiences we both from the city of los angeles and i'm interested in just getting to know you more because i feel like when you go to school with somebody in your younger days, you graduate, then we just become adults off doing our own little side missions. Yeah, right. Then we come back together and it's like, hey, I, I remember you. <laughs> yeah, I think it always I've seen you like for like maybe an hour every few months. You know what I mean? Like that. And even then, like I'm like literally working. So I'm not even yeah. able to like, you know, just kick it and talk. 
Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's always nice to see you, but I'm always like, damn, I don't even get to talk to him that long, but I was like, yo, man, what's up? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's always a real, real friendly, good interaction. Like, hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. But we're going to get into <laughs> right. all that. First, I want to talk about where we're from. So uh, first couple episodes of this podcast, I've had a couple of folks from L.A. that went to UC San Diego. And I was telling one of them that when I first wanted to do this podcast, I was only going to interview people from L.A. because greatest city on earth, greatest basketball right. teams and whatnot. So you tell me, like, being from L.A., what does that mean for you? And, like, how do you like being from the city of Los Angeles? Oh man. Wow. That's a really good question. Damn. Okay. Yeah, you, you hit me, you hit me hard off top. Let's go back to Uno. I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love, I really am proud of being from LA, like for real, for real. Like um, for, for what I say it means to me, man, what does it really mean to me? It's, it's being, we're so like, there, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of cities like, you know, New York and stuff that have like different cultures, but I feel like we have a very wide variety of like everyone. This is like the golden land. This is like where people came literally in the fucking, you know, the, the 49ers came here to get gold back. You know what I mean? Like way back then people come to achieve their dreams and it feels like a place where you can achieve anything. And it feels like, a like, especially being in comedy where you don't have that many people, you know, from LA in that scene, like you're, people will see me and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're from LA. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like there, there's people here before, you Minnesota motherfuckers came here. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it always feels like you, you, you're in, like, you're a part of, like, you're a part of the world that people want to be, like, come to and join. Like you, like you were molded by, you know, the, like a world of being able to achieve whatever you want to achieve. Um, it also feels, if I feel more grounded in a way, people come here and they often feel, like this is you know they have a delusion of whatever they feel like it is absolutely and, and i feel like growing up here people are like you know very starstruck about seeing people in sky well i've just seen him at my barber shop the other day like, hey just be out here <laughs> he used to come to the crib all the time like you know what i mean just random stuff like that um makes you feel like you you feel more grounded in like uh being more aware of the reality of things when you're from la i think um yeah and, 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 and i I'm, I'm proud of that because it's not a thing that most people get to experience, you know, people, people have their own, you know, view of things, you know, in their own way. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I feel that. I feel that. I love, I love being from LA. I think coming to college really exposed me to a lot of people from a lot of different places. And some people are like, man, I always dreamed of coming to California. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just Cali. I'm like, no, nah, like, <laughs> I always I wanted though, to come to LA. The there's literally gonna, there's no other place with better weather than LA, and that is why I'm, that's like the number one reason why I'm never gonna leave. Everyone's like, "Would you ever leave?" And I'm like, "I don't think so, man. I think, <laughs> I think I'm okay with being able to wear shorts, you know, what I mean, <laughs> in like November sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's it is a place. Yeah, it's one of those places where everyone's like, "Yeah, wow, it's a dream." Like going anywhere and saying you're from LA is like saying you're from Narnia or some shit like people people were like really mystified by that and it's kind of like all right <laughs> it's fine once I was in, when I was in Singapore I told some girls from uh from LA and she was like oh she's like oh I can tell you sound like Snoop Dogg and I was like no I don't <laughs> no you do not <laughs> no I don't at all <laughs> you don't sound like Snoop at all I mean like I get it sometimes people are like oh, I guess I can see it nah bro I'm like you you don't sound like Uncle Snoop <laughs> Right, right in the slightest in the slightest uh, but yeah oh that's hilarious man well 
I'm happy that you're a funny person because you chose a career in stand-up comedy. I think that being funny is, it should be a prerequisite for it. I don't know if there's like an interview process <laughs> that you have to go through to start going to the open mics, but I feel like that should be part of the minimum qualifications. It should be, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get into yeah, we're going to get into it, but when did you realize that you were funny? Like, was it like growing up, did people tell you were funny or were you just like, I don't care if I'm funny or not, I'm about to be a comedian? That's funny. That'd be way funnier if like I wasn't funny at all. And one day I was just like, you know what, guys? I was like, all right. But um, uh, I realized I was funny in, in grade school. I was really, I was always really silly, really very silly. I, I wasn't like a disruptive type of funny i didn't think at least i probably was at some point in time but like i i would always i was the kind of person that wanted to tell the jokes to like the kids and the teachers you know what i mean mm. so like whenever i had a chance to raise my hand i'd answer the question but like i'm also gonna i'm gonna throw in a joke in there you know what i mean like i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something else um and that was when i kind of felt like you know um making teachers laugh is the funniest thing to me because it's always like oh yeah you, <laughs> you know this is fun this is all this is fun for all of us now but um, uh, yeah, so I realized that just, you know, being silly at school, I was always into like cartoons a lot and, and writing. Um, I was always daydreaming, not paying attention to shit. That was like the biggest thing the teacher said, like, yo, he's always just daydreaming in class. Like he don't, he does not pay attention at all. Um, but yeah, I was also, I was also like good at school though, at the same time, yeah. which was cool. That was, that was, that was nice. Um, being able to, you know, be, be silly and, It'll do that. I got I I got a what was it? Best sense of humor in eighth grade at Maria Regina, where we went to school. That was cool. It wasn't. I didn't really get what that meant. I don't even know if anyone understood what they were voting for. But say <laughs> like, all right, because there was a class clown and there was best sense of humor, and I was like, I don't really know. <laughs> I was like, nice. All right, the word humor is in it. I guess that's yeah. good. Um, yeah, and I was always like writing stories and stuff. Always like drawing comic books. Um things like that and then once i would gotten i don't know if you're gonna i sorry sometimes i answer questions too long okay no, go for it <laughs> okay bet. yeah so i so i was always writing and i you know kind of wanted to everything i wrote was always very funny I, I you know i went to college and studied creative writing and that's when i really really realized that my where my funny bone was with, with writing and shit like that so um yeah it was kind of really everything since i was a kid to be honest that's really yeah. dope you mentioned a couple of things I wanted to touch on one I think mentioning that you like making the teachers as well as the students laugh and now you mm -hmm. are a teacher so I'm wondering do you mm -hmm. still like do you have like a soft spot in your hot for like the class clowns in your class or how does that work on the other side of it you know what I I since because I've been like I've been substitute teaching I was substitute teaching for a long time for like five six years before you know I got my own class um and I kind of always first of all i always felt that teachers always kind of have an affinity for like the the disruptive kid in class there's a they 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 want discipline but i always noticed as a kid even then i was kind of like teachers kind of like these kids like, yeah they kind of you know they kind of root for these kids a little yeah, bit. yeah they want them to um, succeed yeah so once i became a teacher i kind of felt that way too um and even in my classroom like i like making jokes in class like it's i feel like the, the kids connect you more um you know they they like you more you know what i mean like they, they feel like they can be a friend not not even that exactly a friend but like they you know you can have some kind of rapport and like people can they can trust you and things like that um so i always like making jokes in class and i like when kids are really funny if it, if it becomes 
too distracting. I'm like, all right, dude, you gotta relax. But <laughs> you know, but for the most part, like I enjoy when kids make I, I enjoy when kids feel comfortable enough to make a joke too in class. Um unless they're doing it out of complete just d- disruption. But uh, I, yeah, that's something I always like. I always like anything that's anyone that's making a joke or being funny. It's, it's the best. It also How makes often? it more fun than, to teach, the, to do the job. Cause if, you know what I mean? If I was too serious, I'd be like, Oh man, this is even, I'm not even enjoying this part, you know? Nah, that's real. How often do students like, or how has there ever been a time where students say like a joke that might've been severely inappropriate but made you laugh anyway. You had to like hold your professionalism together. Oh man, super inappropriate. Uh, there is a I when I was like substitute teaching early on. Um, literally like my second assignment ever. I uh, I had this kindergarten class at Yes Academy on, and it's off Crenshaw and I think Manchester. It's, it's a, and the kids were the whole school was out of control. The whole school was out of control at the time. I don't know what it's like now, but it was out of control back then. I go in, it's my first day. I walk into this first grade classroom and there's, you know, a bunch of papers on this desk and they go and, you know, I walk in and I'm like, hey, where's the teacher at? Like, is there a note from the teacher? And they're like, no, man, you're the teacher. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, they've been just going through subs through this whole class. And now you're the teacher. And I'm like, I didn't know this at all. So I go in and, you know, I had to kind of make up lesson plans and stuff for the whole class and just make things up. I don't even know what I'm doing. It's literally my second assignment. And one day I, so I used to sit all the kids down in a circle and read a story and every day, just read, a, read them a book. So I sit down with them and read, and read a book. And one day, one of the kids in, in, the, in the circle just stands up one, and they're all out of control. Crazy, by the way, they're, none of the, all these kids are, <laughs> all these kids are just running around. He stands up and starts doing a dance. He's just going, Hennessy. Hennessy, Hennessy, and, and, and I was like, oh my, and in my head, I was like, all right, I can hold it together, but I lost it. I was cracking up, and the worst part about it is that once I started laughing, all the other kids in the class, you know, picked up on what I thought yeah, was of funny, course. so they all stand up, and they start going, Hennessy, 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 and it made me laugh even more, because now it's more little kids doing this, so now... So, so now I'm dying laughing. And then since then, like they knew that if I, they ever didn't want to do some work or they wanted to try to get out of something, they, they'd start doing the Hennessy dance. And I was, <laughs> I was like, they're never going to ask me to come back. They never asked me to come back to that school. Oh, wow. I wonder <laughs> the why. will never have me back. <laughs> hey, listen, imagine you're the principal of the school. You walk by the classroom, a bunch of six right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hennessy. Yeah. I'm sure uh, parents that, had questions too. I'm sure the kids were doing it at, at some point. Wondering how where did you learn the Hennessy dance? Well, Mr. Monte. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Mr. Monte loves it. Oh, uh, that is hilarious. Um, the other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to bring up because you mentioned like wanting to make people laugh, but also being like a smart student, known as like one of the smartest students in your class. Uh, one of my most concrete memories of you that I'll never forget. You weren't even there for the memory, but Miss <laughs> Mrs. Plourd, our eighth grade teacher, I'm mm-hmm. literally walking into the chapel graduation day, and she was like, "You're gonna go be the next Aramonte." Yeah, he told me that, and that's so crazy. What is it even like a Michael Jordan or something of the, of the eighth grade? I'm Michael Jordan of the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but I, I, I took the, I took that. I was like, you know what? I want my jersey in the rafters like Monte. 
Oh my God. That's hilarious. You know what's so funny about that? So I was balling out that eighth grade year. Like academically, I was going stupid. That was crazy. That was a crazy year because at graduation, at graduation, I was literally just winning like every I had just stood by the stage. I remember just, that. <laughs> you were there that day? Yeah, I was you there. You were there that day. God, yeah, yeah. So so there's there's I just stood there while they gave me awards and afterwards people were congratulating me like I like, you know, I'd be the greatest person of all time when you grow up. And I'm like, whoa, Jesus Christ, God. And the thing is, school wasn't that hard. Like, it wasn't. People saw I was a genius, and I was like, I just don't think it's that hard. It really <laughs> wasn't. School, I did not replicate any of that. <laughs> I got to high school, and it was not the same. <laughs> yeah, Bishop was a different story. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so wild, weird. though. It was just like, oh, smart black guy, smart black guy. Like, you're going to be the, you're gonna be the next Aaron. You're the next, though. You're chosen. That's so funny. No, I remember being back then. I was like, yo, this this man, this man, Kyler, is a fucking genius. Oh, I always thought that. I was like, yo, man. I was like, I was, he was, I was like threatened, like, like, threatened. LeBron. <laughs> like, like you're a LeBron. <laughs> hey, it's this kid, Kyler, in his seventh grade. He might have next. <laughs> right, right. Yo, man, he's on the come up. He's coming up. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm over here studying the hell out these books. So I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to get Aaron one-on-one. <laughs> academic decathlon. I got him. Oh, my God. We were in academic decathlon. I forgot about that. We were, That's but so people crazy. don't know. People don't got to know we that nerdy. <laughs> it's just us here, Aaron. Nope. <laughs> I completely blocked that out of my memory. For anyone who doesn't know what an academic decathlon is, because why would you? All right. We studied for fun after school and learned things. <laughs> and then we met up with all of the other kids at other schools who also studied for fun. <laughs> and we competed to see who learned the most. <laughs> and we lost every year. <laughs> yeah, and we lost. Honestly, oh, I team chemistry on the, on those L's to be real. <laughs> See, we had it. We had the talent. <laughs> oh. We had uh, the talent. <laughs> we, were in the gym. we had the, we had all the talent possible. But hey, we couldn't Bro, come together. My question is why was we in the sports arena for this sitting at tables? Yeah. <laughs> we was really them. The LA like, Sports Arena, which was the funniest thing because it had been closed down for years, I think, before we even it had. It was like the first events there or something like that. They had closed down since like the 80s or something. And then now we're in there competing <laughs> with our minds. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is why people say people from LA Sports, because we got this LA Sports Arena to watch some 11 and 10 year olds do math problems that they have no oh idea how to do. I remember being there and they had props from when they brought back what's that one show they had? There was a show they were shooting there where it was like uh, they had to go against the other athletic people in yeah. some sports thing. And I just remember the props being out and I was like, this is the stage is, they just disassembled and moved it to the side. So we can go in there. Oh my gosh. I hope people are listening to this laughing as much as we are because right. <laughs> right. academic decathlon, I feel like that's a very niche, uh, that's a niche audience. For, no, honestly, no, I had to read. Oh my God. 
I read the Chronicles of Narnia, all of the Chronicles. I read every Chronicle of Narnia for, for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, sh- see, this is, this is why I needed you on the podcast. I knew I was going to get some laughs in. This is very <laughs> selfish. I just wanted to laugh tonight. And I was like, you know, let me, let me interview Aaron. <laughs> uh, but let, let's get deeper into the comedy. So, uh, do you remember your first ever time like performing comedy at an open mic? I do remember my first time for my open mic. So I went to um, what was the place called? It was on Melrose. Uh, Sal's. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a it was a diner. Sal's something. Yeah. On, on Melrose, but it's a it's a diner in front, and then in the back there's a big stage. I just looked up online the Comedy Bureau, which is like you know, a website you know where you can look up different open mics and different shows. I think too. I don't know if they, I haven't been on the page in a long time since the pandemic, but um, that was where I looked up just where I go to open mics at. I found that spot. Um, South comedy hole, I think is what it was called. So I go there and I, I went in and watched the open mic. I didn't even sign up. I just went and watched it and I watched all the comics go up and I'm sitting there. And then, <laughs> and then uh, after it all, everyone goes up, they, they're like, all right, anyone else? And, then, and they look at me, they're like, are you going up? I was like, nah. And they're like, well, you're here to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, all right, I must be a big fan of comedy. And I'm like, I was like, oh, geez. All right. So then we left. Um, and then the next time I was like, all right, next time I go, I'm going to go up and, and do it. Um, so I signed up. I went up and told some story about me being in Vegas with my friends. Um, and then it, I, I, in the crowd, it, the moment that I liked the most about it, I don't think it was a good set. You know, of course, probably not when I look yeah. back, but it felt good. And everyone seemed like they were interesting to what i was saying and that was kind of like i was like all right this is not this is not bad I'll, i'm down with that um and the, the thing that kind of hooked me was like and I, a lot of comedians talk about this all the time but like seeing people's eyes and it's just like it's like a twinkle in their eyes and just like everyone you know how they're looking at you like mystified like you know what i mean like they're under your spell you know and that look i was like dang like they're in the palm of my hands right now like this is like you know i can really captivate them in, in this way and that, i think that was kind of hooked me to doing it um and then after that, I went to a different open mic and I bombed my ass off. And that's when I was like, okay, all right. Now, now it feels like I, I started this, you know, after I bombed the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's yeah. real. I feel like uh, I've hit, every time I talk to comedians or uh, they always talk about just how difficult like stand up is. And I think that for your people that aren't really in the circle and know like artists and comedians, they just, oh, I can get up there and do jokes. <laughs> right. And, and so I just want you to address those people that think they can just get up there and do jokes and talk about like why stand up is more difficult than it seems. Okay, yeah, yeah. Listen up, you motherfuckers. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, here's the thing. People come up to me. Uh, people come up to comedians all the time, and the first thing, one of the first things most people say is, "Yeah, I'm funny. I think I can go up and do it." And the it's i would never say that they couldn't do it i always say yo if you want to try it you should try it but if you don't actually mean that you're going to try it don't tell me that shit (laughs) i want to hear i don't want to hear that you think you're funny but you're not going to go on stage because if you come and ask me should you try it i'm always gonna be like yeah you should definitely try it one time and then maybe maybe you're not built for it maybe you actually fall in love with it and then become good at it or maybe you never get good at it but you fall in love with it Something regardless, you know, it could be a hobby or something if, if mm-hmm. that's the case. But um, yeah, I always tell people to do it. But if you don't, if you don't want to do it, I don't want to hear your tags. I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to hear your jokes. I don't want to hear none of the jokes. <laughs> you got to try it. You got to go to one open mic and bomb your ass off more for me to hear anything at all. And even then, 
uh, <laughs> even then I'm like, uh, you don't even want to mic in your bomb in your bomb. So you know. <laughs> nah, that's real. Cause another one I know that you get is like, oh, like I do stand up comedy. Oh, tell me a joke. Oh right my now. god, that's the worst one. That is the worst one. And I've I've answered like an asshole a few times and I felt bad about it, but then I was like, nah, <laughs> you know, it's probably fine. But yeah so they deserve it yeah yeah i mean yeah to an extent but then here's the thing like when i do answer like an asshole they always get they always look so sad oh <laughs> like, well you want to hear a joke you know <laughs> and then sometimes i do i yeah i do hate it every single time sometimes it like changes my whole perspective of people once i tell them and that's when they say <laughs> sometimes i'll be having a good conversation and then i tell them i'm a comedian and they say it and i'm like oh you just ruined this whole conversation because now i don't now i don't want to talk anymore <laughs> now i don't want to talk at all I, I i try to think of what is the best response i don't even know what the best response is like people, i think people have some comedians have their own set response that they say mm -hmm. but like because it just helps but i can never like i don't have anything i don't even remember what i've answered good a few times and like oh i should keep that and then completely forgot <laughs> what, what it what it was i'm supposed to say later it all just throws me off every time you know no, I, I feel that. I feel like that there's no real win in it for you unless you just give in and tell them like the funniest joke they ever heard. Because it's like, I just don't know what they expect. Like, oh, let me just turn on comedian mode because yeah. there's there's a persona that you have when you're in front of the mic. Because even as a poet, like people have told, I told me oh, I'm a poet. Like, oh, do a poem right now. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> to be or not to be, you just like, snap into it. Like, <laughs> that's so crazy, man. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's so weird. Like no one. That's the only. It's the only profession when that people do that to you. And like, just like yo, do it now. Like, why do I have to prove this <laughs> right now? And even then, like, it ain't even the right context. I'm probably gonna tell this joke, and then you're gonna be like, all right. And then, like, I'm like, well, it's different. Yeah. Now your whole opinion of me is based on this me talking to you in front of you. <laughs> you ain't even seen me do the jokes for real yeah exactly that's, that's really the main reason i'm like dog i'm gonna ruin my whole bit <laughs> yeah because exactly Wasting it's a bit you, you yeah. have context there's like a story there's characters yeah we we just be talking about uno then all of a sudden I'm like oh tell me a joke it's like well uno is not the setup for that joke right, right. exactly exactly man uh, and usually i've already said so, like several funny things and i'm like you can't just go based off of what, I, what i've already said I gotta tell you more funny things. <laughs> like keep them coming. We want more. That wasn't that wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like that wasn't a joke. Joke. I need you to do a performance <laughs> yeah. joke right now. Right. For real, man. For real. Um, when we think about like comedy, like who are were there any comedians that you like looked up to or people that you study to kind of get inspired for your own craft? Ooh, yeah, man. Uh. I guess my well, my favorite of all time is Richard Pryor. Okay. Um, uh, the first special I ever watched was the Richard Pryor special. Um, <clears throat> it was the what was it? The uh, live in concert when he's in mm -hmm. Long Beach Performance Hall, I think, um, or something like that. I think it's called Long Beach Performance Hall. Uh, but that's, that was the first special I ever watched from that, like at three a.m. on Comedy Central, and like with my we, me and my cousins were like going to stay up and watch it. And they all fell asleep except for me. And I was like, all right, well, let's watch it. And it was uncensored at 3 a.m. On, on Comedy Central. So I watched it. And they, I advertised it all day. They're like, 3 a.m. It's going to be cussing and stuff. And so, like, I say, like, all right, cool. So 
I watched it and I was like, dang, I because I was like, I wondered how it was gonna be. I was like, is he gonna talk for an hour? I was like, that's crazy. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. But I stayed up and watched it and I was like, dang, this is this is dope. Um, so Richard Pryor always, and that's still to this day, like one of my top three specials of all time. Um, but there's so many like comedians. I feel like even as like comedians and comedic actors, I I kind of like try to look at things, specific things that they do, like uh I really, you know, like, like Will Ferrell's screaming is something that I'm like, mm. all right, that's a, that's a good, this scream is really good. Or like Gene Wilder, even from Willy Wonka, like in a bunch of other stuff, especially Richard Pryor, like he, he, they did um, um, the stuff that they do, like the, their, their expression of like anger or, you know, or passion or whatever is, is really good. And, you know, I, I like how Dion Cole is someone that I like that also is, you know, he, he takes things that are so simple and he like, and, you know, he kind of describes in a way that it's, it's just, I don't know. He kind of breaks everything down. It's like yeah. the funniest, most relatable things. Um, so I always admire like different aspects of like different comedians, you know? So um, there's so many, man, I can't even like, you know, George Carlin is somebody who I like how he just, you know, how his, his cadence is like how he just, just keeps going and keeps talking um the same rhythm which is something i i don't have at all i just be i'd be <laughs> I just be laughing through my whole set um you do be laughing yeah, through man, your set <laughs> yeah right um yeah so that, it's, it's so many comedians man like and there and there's always like somebody new even like my own peers a lot of the time i'm like dang like that's something that i admire about like different comedians you know um, my favorite comedians are, are the comedians that i know a lot of the time so it's like it, it, it always just grows and like especially as i continue to like go into like look going back into different comedians in like the eighties, nineties, or even like old comedians, like, you know, back to with like the Marx brothers or uh, Charlie Chaplin, like all that kind of stuff is kind of like really inspiring to like, see like how fast and how fast written jokes used to be. And like how snappy they, you know, people used to write jokes and how that kind of evolved over time. So it's always like, it's always fun to go through and see the different aspects of my favorite, you know, com comedians or comedic actors. That's real. Put people on yeah. real quick. Who are some of your peers that you think people should be on a lookout for? I mean, obviously, I want everybody listening to this to tune into your own comedy stuff. But who are yeah, some yeah. of your peers? Um, yeah, man. Like, what my favorite comedian uh, is Mike Falzone. He's already he's already popping, but like he's he's like a master of crowd work. Like, I wish I could have had crowd work like him. He has whole specials of crowd work, and it's just you know fucking amazing. He has his own show called Surrounded. He's actually touring now. Like, I think he's taking it different places now um my own. he's got two podcasts that are fucking really dope um tommy wakefield my boy um you know we got albums together and stuff uh <clears throat> you know he's he's up and coming niles abston you know very funny he's also up and coming too and deserves more shine especially as a black comedian um yeah and more opportunities as well um yeah who else man there's so many uh max castillo big time maca on you know tiktok you know he's He's actually really on the come up. You know, his shit goes viral all the time to the point where niggas are jocking his shit now, which is crazy. Hey. People are like taking the bits that he's done that, that he went viral with and like making that their whole thing. And and then people hit him up like, yo, man, you, did you take his shit? And he's like, no, man, he took, he took my shit. Like, that's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many like Kyle Real, he's who's popping on TikTok too, man. It's just really funny, you know. Um, Pink Fox, who just did Just for Laughs in Montreal um very funny and you know open for like Chappelle and things like that so um 
yeah man there's there's so many man i get inspired by like people all the time especially when i see people like go like going in and like succeeding like michael longfellow on snl just got on snl as a, as a homie of mine i was like damn he was the reason i was like yo man i need to quit my day job now because this is getting out of hand these niggas these things are blowing out he's about to be on tv with steve martin and and martin short next weekend this is <laughs> this is getting out of hand so but yeah I'm, I'm always inspired when i see like the homies like that are very funny like getting getting their worth and that's that's the best shit ever Nah, that's real. I think there's beauty in seeing people that you like personally support, like finally get in their shine. That's why the moment yeah. when I saw you was like performing, I'm like, oh, he got a show in San Diego. Like I'm pulling up. Like I got to yeah, be man. there. I got to pull up. Yeah, I always appreciate it. I always, I always know when most of the time I know that you're going to be at a San Diego show. And that's always the dopest feeling. Yeah. If I'm in town, like I think it was a couple right, times. Right. You always miss me in San Diego. Like, damn, I'll be in Atlanta. Damn, I'll be in New York. <laughs> right, right. I think last time I think you performed in New York. I was in San Diego. You performed in San yep. Diego. I was in New York. I'm like, yep. man, <laughs> it's some BS. Uh, oh, so funny. But for people that haven't heard your stand up or haven't heard you perform, like, what type of comedian would you say that you are? Or what type of comedian do you hope people see you as? Ooh, oh man. Here's the thing. I had a set answer for this too. I don't even remember what. I, that's none of those things. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm gonna say, and I always forget. Um, I tell a lot of stories. I guess it's real introspective. Like it's usually about. I like to talk about things, uh, that are, that that are wrong with not wrong with me, but like things that about myself that I feel I need to get off my chest. I guess is very like uh, opening up to people. I guess it feels like. Um, which I guess all stand up most of the time should be people really want to know who you are. That's really the main thing. They don't care what you think. They just want to know who you are. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that it's very, you know, introspective and kind of, you know, just, I look to towards, you know, I feel like thinking about or talking about the things that bother me or the things that I'm struggling with or things like that help people to relate to you. And they feel they can think about the things for themselves as well. Um, or may feel or you know or feel differently about you know um things like that but it's all really like real reflective on you know my own personality or my flaws things like that that's real and i would say that's accurate as well i think that when it comes to comedy i feel like especially in the year of 2022 you gotta yeah. be real iffy sometimes about recommending comics to people or like what type of show <laughs> you're going to get into it's like <laughs> right. oh oh they're a comedian huh like what type of jokes are they making so yeah i just want to i want to make sure that the folks listen to this know you got a stamp of approval that not like you're going to have a good time you ain't gonna be like oh he really said that we should cancel yeah. him <laughs> well thank you thank you i appreciate that yeah that's the goal man <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I mean, last show I went to the uh, Don't Tell Comedy, I guess, uh, should I be talking about Don't Tell Comedy? Is that like... Oh, for sure you can talk about Don't Tell Comedy. <laughs> Is that illegal? Nah, <laughs> um, because when I found out she was reporting, I was like, oh, like, I'm gonna find like a girl to go with, like, we go to the show, and I had to think, like, damn, what are the other comedians? Like, you know what? I'm gonna let her know. We're going to see my friend Aaron. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's gonna be funny. Uh, that's I funny. can't guarantee what happens for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but remember that I said we're going to see Aaron Monte. So when he performs, we hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah, you can't you can't and, guarantee anything else. And I want to talk before we because I'm gonna get 
towards the end of this really quickly, but I want to talk about crowd work for a little bit because that reminded me at Don't Tell Comedy. I think that one of the comics, I forget her name, but she was like talking to some of the people in the crowd and she asked like, someone was like, oh, like, are there any like horse people here? And this guy said, no. And his wife was like, no, nah, he's a horse person. He has nine horses. It's like, how don't you identify as a horse person when you got nine horses? <laughs> I was just like, what? What, what are we doing here? Right. But I, I want us to know like, do you have like a weirdest or most memorable crowd interaction from any of your shows or something that always sticks with you or a funny one, any of those stories? Oh man. You know what? I, I this is actually so funny that you bring up crowd work because I've been really, I've been really trying to get into my crowd work bag more. I I've been like really trying to figure out how to, you know, and, and I do it sometimes I do it for a couple of minutes sometimes. Um, I'm really just trying to find the groove of where to go with it. But like, I think the funniest one, and sometimes the funniest ones, I don't even have shit to say to it. And I'd be like, oh, I fucking wish I had something to say to this shit. Because <laughs> it'll be so wild. And I'm like, I don't even, like, literally last week at uh, my Vino Underground show we have on Saturdays, um, <laughs> the dude dude in the crowd, I don't even remember what I asked him, but he was all of a sudden, I, oh, I think I asked him if he supported sex workers. And he was like, and he was like, well, not really, because uh, Pornhub started accepting cryptocurrency. And I was like, I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, you don't have to put a credit card in. And he just started talking about it. Just starts talking. I didn't have, I didn't know what to say. I had no clue what to say. I I, I said some silly shit. I think I have a clip of it. I'll post it later this next week. It's, it's it'll probably decent. It's not amazing, but you know, you'll, you'll see. It's, it, I, I get surprised sometimes at things that people will tell you at a show. The one other dude said that he was, he was drunk as hell, but him and his wife were both drunk as hell. But they also were. I asked if he had started OnlyFans. He's like, "Yeah, I've been trying to," and she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't want to do it, and she was so upset. It's always like I'm always like, "Dang, why would you tell anybody this?" Right? You don't know us. <laughs> you don't know us at all. You don't know us at all. They got so mad that they left. She got so mad that they left. I was like, "Oh, geez. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe they'll start OnlyFans. We'll see. <laughs> maybe." <laughs> You go to yeah. you go to their OnlyFans. The skit starts with them leaving an open mic comedy yeah. night. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, as we wind down here, one more thing that I want to make sure to bring up, uh, and you don't know this, but I wanted to save it for this moment. Before we started recording, I listened to the full Run the Fools album back. I hadn't listened to it in a while, but I was okay. like, let me let me play Run the Fools real quick. So I want you to talk a little bit about your musical comedy career, like comedy albums and. One run the full slaps more than I remember. Like it's it's funny, <laughs> but it kind of it, it slaps. It's like oh yeah, like thank you, man. Thank yeah, you. Not, not it slaps. And uh, these girls with kids, certified bop. I know that's not on right. album, but that's another certified bop. So right. I just talk a little bit about like where you got like inspiration for doing like more musical comedy skits or putting out an album and just what that process is like for you. Um. Well, I always really liked doing music stuff especially like you know you know everyone wants to be a rapper at some point die. but uh i always like doing music stuff especially making funny songs like i mean you, you'd probably see me perform it like in high school i used to do songs and shit all the time performing you know making silly songs about different things um but then when i got into doing stand-up i always figured that music would be a good way to um you know incorporate and make something different put something different in my in my sets Especially because I always wanted to do comedy songs. I always liked Lonely Island. I always liked, you know, Adam Sandler's music. Um, you know, so so many different, you know, Lil Dicky at one point in time in college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was it was like people like that that I was like, dang, that'd be there's not you don't see many 
there are comedians that do it, but you don't see many comedians that'll do a set of comedy and then do some stand up at the end of a show. Um, so I started kind of, you know, working on that kind of stuff. And I'd already had always had ideas for songs. So I started working on that. And, I, and my goal was always to um, was always to make it slap, but also be funny, which is thank you for saying that about Run the Fools, because that's really the goal is to make it so people it's silly, but people will still want to listen to it because it goes hard. I think the hardest one to sell on on uh, Run the Fools is uh, Tingling My Penis. Yeah, that's the yes. hardest one to sell. Um, that's my favorite song, though. That was, like, <laughs> that was my favorite song, but no one rocks with it. And I'm kind of sad that no one rocks with it, but it's okay. You know, we learn, you know, I'll come up with a different one uh, over time. I think if I dropped a video, people might rock with it a little bit more, but still, it's a hard sell. It's a really hard sell. No one wants to sing Tingling My Penis, uh, <laughs> but it has a special place in my heart. Um, yeah, so then I started working on music. Um, you know, writing songs, getting beats from different friends. And I was always around people, musicians and people that were in music. So uh kind of made it easy for me to, you know, start working on some music. Um, then I met Tommy Wakefield, you know, and we're starting, he was a good piano player, already had videos on like Instagram and stuff of, or and YouTube of him making comedy songs. Um, so I, you know, just started pulling up to the shows and I was like, yo man, like one day he was playing the piano at one of the shows at the Bar Lubish in, in Hollywood. Um, I was like, yo man, you want to come when it, you want to do some music together and he's like yeah we're let's, let's kick it so we started kicking it you know and he was making beats and you know producing things like that um and after a while you know during the pandemic is really when we started kicking it so we were together like every day just chilling mm-hmm. you know and then it ended up working on an album for the whole year um so i so then i ended up having the two albums i had my own album and then album with with tommy and I, my idea for my original album for uh this was for your mama was for me to have live jokes and then in between songs. Um, but then the pandemic happened and kind of stopped me from recording all of my sets. So I ended up doing it <clears throat> in a studio, you know, and kind of made like the different characters and stuff in the crowd. So uh, that was cool. But I think that, it, and I think that uh, I, I working on that helped me really get better for Run the Fools, to be honest with you. It was kind of like a stepping stone type of thing. Because a lot of the songs I had done for This One's For Your Mama I had already recorded like a year before. Um, so it kind of helped me get better at the making music making pro- pro- uh, process. And now at this point, I don't even know. I, I'll probably do a couple more solo albums, but I'm, I'm more focused on Run the Fools because Run the Fools really got, I think we got some legs. So I, I think we'll keep working on that. And I like working with Tommy. So I probably will be continuing doing that, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, last thing that I just have is where can people find you and how can people support you? My word. Um, yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter uh tiktok and uh, probably something else at the real aaron mon at t-h-e-r-e-a-l-a-a-r-o-n-m-o-n uh you can find me on youtube run the fools run the fools youtube page uh aaron monte's youtube page should be up soon but just look it up you know you'll see uh you know i have a show vino underground at oeno vino in on in glendale boulevard uh in atwater village every second and fourth saturday of the month at 9 p.m so uh, if you ever want to come out and see some comedians, we always got some dope comedians from, you know, Comedy Central and other places. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, if you look up my shows on Instagram, I got a link on there. So, you know, come through. Yeah, and also share people posts. Like, y'all can be sharing the IG Reels, share the posts. Like, that's let facts. people know. <laughs> you ain't even got to post on your story. Literally just, you can bookmark it. I think that's what, yeah. to be real, bookmarking, I think, is a major thing. I didn't even realize that. So this bookmark it, you know, you ain't even go back and look. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's I real. I like, you to bookmark my shit. 
<laughs> I'm gonna start bookmarking your shit more because that is real. When people save stuff, like it just yeah. adds to the to the mysterious algorithm. Um, right. And then also, like <laughs> right. one more thing, because I know this is something that you talk about a lot on your IG story. When y'all say y'all gonna pull up to a show, <laughs> pull up to the show, and when y'all be like, "Oh, when you gonna perform?" This man has a list of performances. It's Go always to one there. of those. It's always there. <laughs> it is always there. Yeah, if you ask me when my next show is, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> You're always like, yo, when's the next one? I'm coming to the next one. I'm like, all right, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I will say people have gotten better at it, but hey, there's some people where I'm just like, I know you're not coming. <laughs> Sometimes people will tell me that people don't be coming when they say that. And I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> but yeah, if you come, if you want to come through, it's a good time. It's always a good time. So if you want to have some laughs, you know. No matter what venue it is, it's going to be some, a good time. I will be funny, you know, 80% hey, of the time. <laughs> that's all you can promise. You can only control right. what you can't control. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, one more thing I just thought of to close out this episode, I think it would be kind of fun and to put you on the spot a little bit. What are some like comedy open mic do nots? Like, what's the like rules of the comedy night? Because I feel like some people, come to comedy shows and they trying to tell their jokes or they trying to steer the way it's going. So what, what are some of your pet peeves of open mics when you're performing? Ooh. Oh, for open mics? Or like from the audience, like when people are in the audience or any audience pet peeves. Ooh, anyone that's too drunk is annoying. That's my biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve is when people are really drunk because then they just yell the whole time. And, I, and sometimes and I'm a comic who doesn't even really get that mad at people talking to me when they're in the crowd. But if it gets to the point where you just want to talk the whole time, that's when it's gotten, that's when it's gotten out of hand. But that's literally my only pet peeve. But most of the time, I feel like, I feel like people are cool when they say one or two things because I feel like it makes it a little more fun for me, um, or it's at least a challenge for me. I'm like, all right, let me see if I can volley this and and get this to be funny. Um, but yeah, just just hold your liquor. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's the main thing. That's the main takeaway, I think. <laughs> Hey, well, y'all heard it here first, folks. Hold your liquor. Uh, yep. We got y'all got a lot out of this episode. Hopefully, y'all got some laughs. It'd be really awkward if we just busting up laughing this whole yeah, time. Yeah, right. <laughs> People just listen. When are they going to talk about something serious? <laughs> right. Oh my god. Yeah, I hope. I hope the Uno part was at least good. I think that was some good. There's some good stuff in there. <laughs> no, absolutely. I can't. I can't wait to post this episode. Uh, yeah, but man. thank you once again, Aaron. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. I mean, like I said, I selfishly got a laugh out of this episode, so I don't care if anybody else did or did not. But right. this is a great time. Always great catching up with you. And hopefully I'll be seeing you at an open mic or at a comedy show pretty soon. And listeners, make sure y'all follow him at The Real Aaron Mon. Come to the show, share the clips, bookmark it, hit up Run the Fools on YouTube, download the album on Apple Music, Spotify, all that, mm-hmm. all that. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Any last words before I close the recording? Any last words of wisdom or just shit you want to get off your chest on a mic? I mean, hey, go Lakers, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, sick. Let's get that one. I love just where Lakers fandom is right now because yeah. go Lakers, I guess. I, like, I don't know. I'm like, still like, saying it, but my voice, you don't hear it in my voice. I say it. <laughs> if you can't, I don't, I, <laughs> the feeling is going, is leaving. <laughs> the feeling is leaving. <laughs> that's the I'm like dying while, I'm like slowly dying while I say go Lakers. <laughs> it's like Laker Nation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
Hey, go Lakers. Go Austin Reeves, Lakers. You know, let's yeah, put, yeah, some, exactly. put some respect Austin on Austin Reeves. We're going to end this podcast <laughs> on a good note. Shout out to Austin Reeves. Um, yeah, Austin Reeves. And thank y'all for listening, and we'll catch y'all next episode.